Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, 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 Welcome to podcast episode number 795. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing review for the weekend just gone. Before we get stuck into it, if you're a first timer, please subscribe to us. Don't go anywhere. Don't choose any, well, you can choose other people. We're not, we don't want the monopoly, but please come back to us on a week-by-week basis uh, for the conversations that we have about boxing and MMA. You can go to our website, fightdisciples.com. Everything is there for you. Have a little bit of a nosy round. You'll be able to see a Spotify or an Apple or a Google Play. Whatever you need for an audio feed, get yourself stuck in. And if you are already an audio feed subscriber, please go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to us there. Thank you very much because we did quite a few subscribers last week. I appreciate that. Thank you very much for getting stuck in. I know that we stuck up some extra content with loads of stuff that was going on in the UFC in particular. Uh, so if you prefer to watch your podcasts, uh, we are there every single week, a couple of podcasts a week on boxing and MMA. Hit the subscribe button. You can get involved in the comment section. You can slag us off. You can agree with us. Do whatever you want, man. It's all good conversation <clears throat> when it comes to fight sports. So go to uh, Fight Disciples on YouTube and go and get stuck on in. That's right. Um, don't worry, we're going to talk about my night. Yes, we are. And thank you very much for all your messages about my escapades in Manchester. Mm. Um, can we start with some proper stuff though, mate? Because I'm kind of mm. drained. And we've gone early with the show this week because of our schedule with the UFC uh, in the upcoming week with UFC 294 happening in Abu Dhabi. So we've gone early with the show. Uh, this is early Sunday morning as we're sitting here doing this. You've already been out one, uh, already this morning with, a, with the lads football. I've I've just got up and I'm just trying to piece myself together after what I saw last night. <laughs> Still recovering from tag team boxing, are you? Oh, mate. Tag so can, team can boxing. We... And that wasn't even the low point. Not even close. Mate, Jesus tag team Christ. boxing was the high point. <laughs> that was the high point of the night. Fucking hell. Jesus. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> can we talk about some good stuff? Because I'm, I need yes. to build I need to build back up. To, to, to the misfit stuff, right? I'm a broken man. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shadow of myself. Okay, exactly. Should we start with Jani Beck? Yeah, absolutely. I'm the we'll new, undisputed, unified, middleweight champion of the world. Jani Beck. Alan Canuli. Alan Canuli. There we well, go. Well, I have been practicing that. Jani Beck, Alan Canuli, in the early hours in Texas. Picked up the uh, the w, the what belt did he have before? He had the he had the WBO. He now has the IBF. IBF. He took the IBF of Gulitari, who, as we said on Thursday, he's got an impressive twenty-one win record. The German. He picked up this IBF belt last time out, but we feared he was going to be out of his depth. He was completely out of his depth. There was nothing he could do. Janabek, too big, too strong, too accurate. Too fucking good, man. And this guy's, listen, for me right now, this is the best middleweight on the planet. You know, with yeah. Golovkin all but retired, it looks like his compatriot's going to step into that fold and take over. You've got two other middleweight champions which have gone AWOL. Never mind Charlo, who's been inactive for about five years. Three, really. Lara's not fought. Ezra, Ezra Lara hasn't fought in about two years himself. So a weird, weird division. I hope I, he does I, get I, the opportunity. I, I love about together. you. I love Throw this it is on. the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the let's stick an extra year on his, his yeah, inactivity for sure. Okay. I think I think Jamal's been out for about 
15, 16 Three. months. And it's his, it may, no, it's his brother that's been out for years. Is it? It's, it's Tottenham, isn't it? This is the middleweight title. Oh, no, no. Sorry, sorry to the brother. Yeah, we talk hey, about. This is how tired I am. This is how tired yeah, I am. Exactly. There Jum- you go. Apologise. Jum- he has been inactive for three years. Alexander Lara, who's the WBC champion at middleweight, I believe. He hasn't fought for at least 18 months. Yeah. This is the only guy fighting in the middleweight division, Jana Beck, and he's making statements. Anyway, regardless, hope he gets the opportunity to unify in 2024. If not, I hope those governing bodies got those belts moving, for fuck's sake. Just bear in mind, Joe, Card- Joe Cordina got stripped of a world title after weeks, and you've got two guys there who are 18 months and up to three years in activity, not been stripped. Regardless, let's talk about Jana Beck. Let's, not- let's save our powder, save our angst for a little bit later in the show. Jana yeah. Beck. Outstanding, bro. Won every round at a counter for six. It's only the fact that Gulitieri, for the, to be fair to the kid, got a fucking good chin. He had a good chin. He got rocked everywhere. Some of those uppercuts. In the end, I don't. I'm thankful referee David Field stepped in yeah. and went, kid, this game's about levels, bro. And you ain't at this level. It's time for you to go home. And, and thankfully, he stopped the fight in the sixth round. Jana Beck is a fucking serious talent. There was a, there's obviously a discrepancy with power there, wasn't there? I actually thought that Gullitieri landed the first good shot of the fight. In that in the first round, he landed that overhand right, didn't it? But you could just tell on Jerry Beck's face, he went, that it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, and that was basically that then. That was it. <laughs> because 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 we knew that Gutierrez, he, listen, the kid can fight, he can box. He's a very he's a slick operator, but he just didn't have the power. We popped we popped it up last week on the show, didn't we? And I was wondering, right, what's going to happen the first time that Janibet realizes that there's no there's no force coming back the other way? Mm. And that happened within what a couple of minutes. That overhand right, it, it did land nice and clean. I thought just look a little bit closer to the screen. Janibet's eyes lit up and he went, right, you've hit me clean as a whistle there, mate. Clean. Yeah. And I didn't feel it. So here we go. Here comes the concrete blanket. And he yeah. just went, right, okay, then sound. I can stand here. Mm-hmm. Because I can I can be not risk averse. I can I can open myself up to throw my shots because I know that if I do get tanked on the way in, which he did a couple of times, it ain't gonna yeah. do much to me. Uh and Johnny Beck then just he suffocated him. And you're right in what you're saying there. I'm gonna talk a lot about referees at the back end of this show. Um I thought that was good referee. He knew. That's an experienced referee that was watching the action. He's like going, the kid's not going to hurt him. So when this fella goes through the gears properly, don't worry, I've got him. And he did. Like there was once or twice, Janabek had hit him with an uppercut, hit him with the right hand. He'd fall against the ropes. And Janabek went to the ref now. And the ref was like, not now. Okay. I'll carry on going. And then he carried on going. He hit him with another uppercut, another big shot, another left hand. Now, <laughs> I thought the Go ref on, was sound. Yeah. Mate, I'd just seen a shocking referee. Period. Mate, I'd seen uh, a horrific referee in two minutes previous, so I thought I this was all right. And I'm not knocking David Fields. I think he managed it perfectly well. What I, what I found amusing was Jana Beck was like, was that is that enough, ref? Is that yeah. is that enough? And ref was going, it's not it's not quite enough. I don't really want this is a world title fight. He is a defending world champion. You know, he's not utterly defenseless. You're, you're stopping one punch short here. Keep going through the gears. Right, okay, sound. Obviously, that verbal conversation didn't take place, but it's all in the eyes, baby. The ref's like, mm, keep going. And in the end, he did just enough to the ref go, oh, all right, that's what I was waiting to see. That's what I was waiting to see. Yeah, it was a pity stoppage, wasn't it? It was a of pity. He went, right, let's get out. He wasn't in it. Come on, he'd lost every round convincingly. It was only going one way. And, you know, people like... Gulitieri, listen, this he's won his world title. He deserves the opportunity for Unified. He was there on merits. Yeah. He's there with his belt. This is his moment as much as it's Janabek's moment to unify. He was given every single opportunity to turn that fight around, to do something else, to prove to the world that he's got a, a, a great chin. But at some point, when a fight is so one-sided, when you've lost every single round, and you're basically just getting teed up. And it's only the fact that Janabek isn't going to try and mow you down. He's just like, bam, 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 bam. The ropes are keeping him up. Do I need to keep going? Like, it was kind of mercy from Janabek. Like, kid, come on. This is, to him, it looked like a sparring session. It's like when you get a kid rocked in sparring, and then you go on the back foot. All right, come on, stand up. Sort your head out. You know, let's get to the end of the round. 
You know, you don't want to kill your sparring partners. They're there to land it. They're there for you to get a workout. Mm. That's what it felt like with Janovek. It's like, this kid's here for me to just have a little workout. I've had a workout now. And this was a unified world title fight. Just, just remind yourself of the magnitude. For me, Janovek controlled every minute of every second. And he was just waiting for the referee to come in. And the referee came in at exactly the right time. It was a great stoppage. I don't need to see Gulitieri carried out on a stretcher no, correct. to know there's a new unified champion of the world. It was, a, as you say, in amateur boxing, that's called a mercy stoppage. You're so far behind on the scorecards. You're showing us absolutely nothing to get back into the fight. We've all seen enough. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the names there. Jamal Charlo. WBC champion. We've got an interim champion with Carlos Adamas, who obviously uh, won that a little earlier on this year. We're hearing that Carlos Adamas might be the next in line for Canelo at 168. Listen, I can't blame Carlos Adamas for that because if Charlo's not going to fight him and bring that all together, that championship belt and interim belt and WBC are going to do fuck all about it, then what else is he going to do? Um, go and chase some cash if you want to go and chase some cash. Then you, know, you mentioned Eris Um And a name that I just want to chuck in there. He was sat near me last night. What are you, Chris Eubank Jr.? What are you? We hear the noise, don't we, about wanting to be a world champion? We hear the noise about wanting to go for greatness. If, you, if you're if you about it, this is the guy. You know, you're highly ranked with some of these sanctioning bodies, mate. Why are we not having a little bit of a shout for Janibek? Make that fight. Go and have a shot. Nobody, if we're honest, none of the real boxing heads expect you to go there and beat him. So you've kind of got a bit of a swing. I think he could get that fight given just his name and the fight that nobody else at 160 is uh, actually having a fight. Yeah, but it's a bit like, the, you know, we'll, we'll come on to talk about Tommy Fury and his place in boxing. It's a similar thing. Why go and fight Janabek, who is unknown outside of boxing, real boxing circles, for a world title? Where, oh, Chris is going to win his world title. He's finally got the chance, you know, after the Liam Smith thing and all that. Yeah. Who's the guy's name? Oh, God, I can't really... Janjibek? Jan... I don't know, but Chris will beat him, won't he? No one knows who Janjibek is, and he's a fucking monster, and he will tear a hole in Chris Eubank Jr. But, it, but it's and he'll earn, he'll earn a fraction of the money. Here's the point. A fraction of the money losing to Janjibek as he's going to earn in the, in, the, in the first fight with Conor Ben. Never mind the second and third fight. But hey, boxing. Boxing. Um, I'm going to be honest, slightly disappointed with Keyshawn, slightly disappointed with him. Um, he's an elite talent. We know he's an elite talent. We, we've seen him through his amateur career and what, what he did at the Olympics. I need him to, even though he outlands his opponents, there doesn't seem to be at the moment where he's just putting it through the gears and, and, and going for it a little bit. Uh, obviously, in this particular fight, he was more accurate and he wins the fight. 95-95 is ridiculous. It, that just Oof. didn't happen. I don't, I don't understand how you've scored Insane. that a draw. He ends up Insane. getting himself his majority decision. Yes, he was asked a, a question at the back end of the fight. I get that. Yeah. But I, I, just, round. I just think that I think he's coasting and he's still in amateur mode, if that makes sense. Point scoring. Mm -hmm. And I need curl them toes in, man. Come on. We're in, the, we're in the entertainment business and you're good. You're very, very good. And I understand that you have a particular style and it's going to work, but are we going to capture the imagination of the fans? Because this, I want this lad to be a superstar. I want him to be the guy that people go, fucking hell, I need to go and see Keyshawn Davis. But right now, it feels like, and I might be being harsh, I don't know, it feels like he's just coasting through fights at the moment and not really going, right, I'm better than you. We've done three, four rounds. Here we go. Watch this. Like we've seen yeah. with some other elite amateurs. Yeah, it says it all that um, you know when I when I when I flicked on ESPN app this morning, you know it, the headline was you know Janabek unifies in a in a in a one sided fight, and you had to go pretty deep into the article uh, to find out that Keyshawn overcome a late scare to to win on points. Um, I guarantee that ESPN reporter. Wants the headline to be Keyshawn Davis, wants because yeah. that'll get more clicks because he's a US national and it's a US national website and they want to drive the content. And Keyshawn, you know, Olympic silver medalist, ba ba ba, steals the show in Texas. Bam, those headlines write themselves. And he's not right, he is not 
given journalists, media members, the performances required to write those headlines, to turn on a show like he's meant to at this stage. You know, this was his 10th professional fight. And okay, tick a box. I'm ticking a box. He got eight there in the ninth round. He walked into that big right hand, I think it was. And um, and he survived it. He probably lost the last two rounds because he was still buzzed from that strike in the ninth. But you're right. Albright shouldn't be in the ninth round. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, Keyshawn won the first eight rounds, probably. I thought he, that 95, 95, no <laughs> idea what that, that judge was watching. But I, I thought Keyshawn's winning it and he's winning it as a canter and he's doing what he wants. And there's at times he looks great. And at other times you're like, you know, there's like, Shakir Stevenson is doing it at the moment, but Shakir is doing it on it at a world-class level. He's winning world titles, and okay, the stoppages aren't quite there, and you go, okay, that might that will come later on. But when he was at this level, he looks sensational, whereas at this level, Keyshawn just hasn't, he's not just generating that interest yet, you know, it's not quite clicking for him, where you go, this is the kid to watch, this guy is absolutely going places. Meanwhile, further down the card, Richard Torres, yeah. smashing up another big mon- monster of a heavyweight, Continues to get those viral moments. Continues to generate interest in himself. That's what Keyshawn's lacking. I believe Keyshawn Davis becomes a world champion. Yeah. I really do. But at the moment, he's putting in performances where even people leaving the arena in Texas, no one bounced out of there going, Keyshawn Davis, man. Nobody. And he needs that now. He's 10 fights in now. Yeah. Um. Miguel Burchelt, I know it's not on this card. I know I flipped, jumped, and jumped around here. Uh, but Miguel Burchelt uh, was taking on Diego Alberto Ruiz. Ruiz is the guy that beat you five. We told you about this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burchelt uh, gets the job done, gets his first victory in three years. <laughs> I personally think that Diego Alberto uh, Ruiz, yeah. after six minutes, thought to himself, I'm not taking any more of this. <laughs> no chance, right? Um First round's a little bit cagey. There's a little bit of action in there, but second round, obviously, Birchill's then, so it's right, okay, I need to put on a show here. Goes through the goes through the gears and starts landing at will. Uh, and uh, Ruiz sits down in, in his corner, complains of an injured hand and decides uh, that he cannot continue. Uh, you make of that what you will. I don't want to throw shade on him, but for me, it was quite evident that he uh, he didn't want he didn't want any business. Uh, good for Miguel Birchill. We've... We've highlighted obviously how drastic, how, how catastrophic that Valdez knockout could have been. We all know what Valdez was up to mm-hmm. during that particular time. So psychologically, that's a big thing for Birchell to come back from. And we saw him up against uh, Nakadia last last year, fifteen months ago. Yeah, um, and he and he it was a shadow of himself, and you just felt for him. And he's still he's still a relatively young guy in his early thirties. He thinks he's so, oh mate. I really hope that that particular knockout has not just derailed what you were because you were frightening. Um, and I know he's up in a different weight division now. And okay, we probably don't learn too much from last night, but hopefully psychologically it just gives him a bit more confidence or something else. I'd love to see a bit of activity, see if we can get Birchell out again in the next two or three months just to get him back. To, to what he was, and then hopefully uh, maybe this time next year get him into some proper fights in this in this division because he's a name, yeah. he's ferocious, but obviously psychologically he's damaged from what happened against Valdez. Yeah, I think him more than anybody else will be disappointed with the outcome of this fight, you know, because six minutes it, is, yeah, yeah, is not yeah. what you want. And if you are getting six minutes, you want a sensational finish where everyone's patting you on the back, where you've gone viral, where everyone's saying nice things about you online again, where everyone's, you know, the, the, the word... As you say, he took a lot of flack after Japan because he just didn't look like the same guy. Um, and he needs to rebuild that again. He needs to rebuild his own confidence, whether he admit, admits to that or not. He uh, he needs big performances now. And I think you're right. I think absolutely. I think he hardly broke a sweat there. Get get him straight out on another Mexico The Zone show, show before the end of the year. And uh, let's get get the rebuild, continue the rebuild. On paper, great. But in reality, I think he would have, I think he'd have doubled the kid's money to come back for the third round. Mm -hmm. So he could have put on a bit of a show. Yeah. But a win's Um, a win. It is. It's the most important thing. He is. 
Um, the reason why I was thinking about um, and getting confused about Charles earlier, because the last fight that I watched before we started recording the show was Tim Zoo. That's right. Mm-hmm. And the thought that I had immediately after the Tim Zoo performance against Brian Mendoza was Tim Zoo would batter Charlo. That's it. That's what was in my head. Now, you might disagree with that. There'll be people out there that might disagree with that. Um, but Tim Zoo is a very, very, very special talent. Brian Mendoza was a live dog. I liked what Brian Mendoza did in this fight. He thought about it. He tried to come in with some type of tactic. You can't just fight fire with fire with uh, with someone like Tim Zoo. Uh, he tried to navigate early parts of, of the fight. But what I liked about Tim Zoo is that he figured it out. He figured mm-hmm. it out. It took him six rounds, don't get me wrong. And it was very nip and tuck through that six rounds. I actually had it three apiece going into the seventh. But if you go and watch the seventh round, Tim Zoo has gone, right, all right, sound. When it's at distance, he's got a chance here. He's got mm-hmm. a good jab on him, and he's just offsetting me a little bit, and he's nicking stuff. Cool, right. I'm going to go and do me now. I'm going to shut this distance. I'm going to get on his chest, and I'm going to put the pressure right on him, and I'm going to make him work when he doesn't want to work. And when he doesn't want to work, I'm going to crack him with some shots. Mm-hmm. And in that seventh round, he lands about three or four just consecutive uppercuts that rock Mendoza's head back, and then Mendoza's all over the place. The game plan's gone then. He doesn't yeah. know where he, he doesn't know what or how to then change it up again, and Zoo just goes through the gears, and he just glides. Don't get me wrong. I actually thought Mendoza might have won the 12th. I scored it 8-4 in the end, but the second half of this fight from Tim Zoo is absolute class. Reminds me, obviously, of his dad. I mean, it's going to be very odd not to be reminded of his dad with the style that he's got, um, but he's a very, very special talent. I'd love to see him fight Charlo, just for me to be proven right. Um, I don't know if it'll happen, I hope that he can get some big, big, big fights because this is a very special talent that we're watching. Yeah, I think, um, you know, people need to realise that Brian Mendoza is a, a very good opponent. Very this good. Is a, 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 you know, he, he's right up there. He's there on merit. He's a quality operator. And this was a, you know, a legit world title challenge. Um, his only other losses previously, we went through the day, he, got, he lost the split decision, which was, you know, massively disputed at the time. And he got his head boxed off by Ramos Jr. a couple of years ago. But listen, everyone's due a bad day at the office. And we knew he'd turn up. And he turned up here. And I, I'm like you. I think the first half of the fight was a very close fight. I think Mendoza's corner's going, see? See? Everything we worked on. We knew it would work. It's nip and tuck. Okay. Now we go into the second phase of the fight. But we're right in it. They would have been delighted. But what they didn't realize is the guy in the other corner went, right, okay. We've done that bit. Can we go, can we change tactics now, champ? Uh, coach? Yes. Now, game plan B kicks into effect from round seven onwards. Let's go. And Tim Sue just goes, okay, like a video game. Okay, let's approach this differently then. Uh, I, I thought he looked great. Really good. I think this is the kind of performance uh, victory on paper that yeah. the likes of Charlo and that will go, oh, point decision, whatever. But people in the industry who actually watch this fight will watch it and go, this kid's fucking for real. He is. This kid has got something quite special going on. <clears throat> we know he's got the pedigree, of course, because of his dad. Costa was at one stage, pound for pound, best boxer on the planet. And Tim, Tim Tzu has the potential to follow in those footsteps. And I think right now, when you've got a wounded, unified champion with all the belts, this is a great time for the Aussies, just like they did with um Pattaya to flex those muscles, flex that bank account and go, come on then, come over here. If you think this is easy. And I think Tim Tzu, especially in Australia, I think you're right. I think he runs through Charlo. It's difficult with Charlo at the moment because obviously you're judging him on the performance against Canelo. Let's not forget he was two divisions outside yep. of his own weight class. He That's is fair. the unified champion for a reason. <clears throat> he come through a great rematch himself, which he would look phenomenal in the second fight. He's got frightening power in this weight class. I think he's a much better mover than Mendoza. He's much more calculated. So yep. it's far far from an easy quest for Tim Zhu. But momentum counts for a lot in this sport. And Zhu just looks like he's on a freight train to do something quite special at Super Welterweight. I hope we do get that fight. I think it's the perfect fight for Charlo as well to come yep. back and go, right, look, look at everyone who loses to Canelo, what they do next. If they're still active, they fucking go on incredible runs. They put it yeah. all together because you've been to the big show. 
you've you've lost on the biggest stage possible. You can only learn from that. And moving forward, nothing will ever overrule you again. But he's not seeing Tim Zoo and the way this animal comes at him. So it's the fight to make out super welterweight. Of course it is. Yeah. Special <laughs> talent, man. Special talent. Do you want to talk about a circus? And breathe. Yes. Come on. Give the I feel a bit boxing. better now. We've had, I've had 25 minutes of proper boxing there. You Let's know what go. I mean? I, need, I needed it Let's... in my life. I've injected it in, right into my eyeballs. Uh, did you consume any of it? I know it's difficult for a lot of fight fans that obviously come to us. And a few, few. I saw, I've read. Listen, I read everything that because uh, I, I respect people that pay attention to us and come to us and class themselves as fight disciples, subscribers, and what have you. So I value your opinion mm-hmm. uh, on things that we do. Uh, and obviously, last week, some people understood why I was going to the show at the weekend. Other people didn't understand. Some people don't understand why what you would class as legitimate boxing people shedding light uh, on something like that. And my take is whether we like this or not, it is the, the game has been infiltrated, hasn't it? It's been Correct. it's it's been Great it's words. been thrown it's been thrown upon us, and it ain't going anywhere. And I'll tell you why it's not going anywhere in a minute. But I'm interested to see. Obviously, people who were watching us, did you watch it? Did you pay for it? Did you? I don't know how you consumed it. Did you go to it? Did you? Did you, were your kids asking you to be a part of it? What What was the story from your point of view with this? And then, obviously, between me and you now, mate, um, did Did you consume any of it? Yeah, I, I had it on the iPad while the kids were watching TV, <clears throat> um, and the wife they were watching Strictly Come Dancing. The footwork on Strictly, obviously, was far better than we're going to see in Manchester. <laughs> that goes without saying. But I, listen, I've got to be honest, there was some bits I liked. And there was obviously the complete and utter car crash towards the end. But the bits that I liked, i seen a kid called My Mate Nate look capable, look like a good little boxer. Apparently, he's based out of Thailand. I don't know anything else about the kid except what mm. he said on the on the commentary. And I only I had it going on on the iPad. And I had uh, my headphones, and every time I thought, oh, that looks interesting, I put a headphone in. And I put my headphone in for, my, I don't know what his name is, but he, he was billed as my mate Nate. Uh, big, tall, gangly kid with a Thai wife. And yeah. uh, I put me ear in for that, and they were talking about him being based in Thailand. I guess he's an influencer or whatever. But shout out to that kid, because that kid could box. He fought this Brazilian who was covered yeah. in tattoos, who apparently he's got... 50 million Twitter followers or something. This little Brazilian guy, that was mental. Um, the Brazilian guy wasn't very capable. He was just, he was just, a, you know, a bit of a, a bit Game. of a ball of energy, a little thug, yeah. Um, but my mate Nate, I liked him. I thought, yeah, okay. Credit where it's due, man. You can box. His footwork was good. He had nice shot selection. Okay. They both got a bit ragged once they got tired. I completely understand that. Listen, I've done white collar myself. I looked a fucking million dollars for the first 30 seconds. The, the five rounds that followed, I was hanging out my ass because of the adrenaline dump. It's perfectly natural. So I get it. But so, yeah, so there was little bits like that. I was like, okay, sound. Uh, and then there was another one later on, which I kind of watched a little bit of. That was the Anthony Taylor. Oh, did you watch that? Fight, was it? Are you are you referring to something that was relatively okay or something that no, was terrible? They were just like winging away at each other. The, yeah. Sorry, the other one that was okay was a kid called Skinny. Slim. Slim against Slim. Salt Pappy. Slim. Now, Slim, he, he wasn't... Tall bad. lad. Quite a yeah. tall lad. Big tall lad, yeah. Lovely big nose on him. He was pretty capable. <laughs> he was a capable kid. So th- those, were the, those were the highlights. Those two, my mate Nate and Slim, they can box... They were good kids. They they be uh, they could represent any amateur club, and you know what? They probably have a couple of wins as a pro as well. Proper pro, I mean. Yeah. Did I miss anything else? Were they were they the the highlights? Uh, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Listen, I'm talking it... pure skill now. What was the event? Right. Like? Because on TV, I was obviously I wasn't really watching it, but I could see it was full. I could see the atmosphere was crazy. <clears throat> there was tons of celebrities. Jesus Christ. There was like Mate. um Louis Theroux, I see him was there. You know, there was just just seemed to be loads of like footballers and stuff there. I get it. I get it if they're taking their kids. But then why 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 was it midnight before the fucking main event? Oh, like, man. Absolutely mental. Mental. Your kids I... in the audience there waiting to go to bed. 
and it's not it's midnight before the ring walks. And they've been like in when, there since when KSI first fought at Manchester against um Logan Paul, Paul. That was like seven o'clock in the afternoon. It was all wrapped by nine o'clock because that's mm. their audience. The kids can go home then. But you know what? I'm kind of glad it turned out this way because if I was a father, I, and I heard you say this on radio, I don't want to duplicate what you're saying, but because of what happened at the end, because of the way this thing car crashed and blew up in its face and was just a complete and utter shit show, as a father, I'm, I feel for anyone who would have taken their kid, but I think a lot of people would have gone, it's near, it's 11 o'clock, man, and we're still waiting for the co-main event. Let's go home. It's too late. It was just, the, the whole thing from that aspect was a shit show, but it looked rammed. Oh, mate, absolutely. 20,000 people in there. And they were in there from early, early doors. As an event, as an event, I can't really fault it. It's it's very well run. Um, I thought, obviously, at times you needed the security to be absolutely switched on. And they were switched on. I thought that they, they did it, that that team did a very, very, very good job. I think as a, an event when I'm constantly complaining about the momentum of fights one after the other after the other. I thought there were certain times that I thought, yeah, this is pretty cool. One's out, one's in, one's out, one's in, and we're moving relatively quickly. Like a proper white collar. All white collars yeah. are like that, mega. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with you. Having the main event, I think I looked at my clock and I think it was quarter to midnight when the main event was uh, was making its way uh, to the ring. It's just like, what the fuck are we doing? But it is what it is. So as, as an event, there's a lot of things that actual boxing, proper boxing, stuff that we go and watch and you go and watch, um, you can take from it and you can implement into the game. I think every single boxer should be looking now at themselves at trying to grow their own audience because it's quite evident that that is what people, when I'm talking people, I'm talking promoters and broadcasters are interested in. Look at last night. The talent in the ring was minuscule, very, very minuscule. But we're talking about people that have managed to get themselves, as you've just said there, 50 million followers on this platform or this, uh-huh. they've got ridiculous amount of subscribers on YouTube platforms. And what they're doing is leveraging that audience who aren't necessarily boxing fans. They're just fans of that particular person, whether they be a, a gamer or a person that makes crazy content. They're leveraging that audience, bringing them to the sport of boxing, using the sport of boxing, because everybody likes to watch a fight. Mm-hmm. That's just the way we are. That's just the way that our makeup is made Jeez. up, isn't it? You know what I mean? That's if right. it goes off in the schoolyard, you're going to watch it. If it goes off in the pub, you're going to watch it. If you see a fight in the street, idly likely you're going to stop and watch it, aren't you? That's just how mm-hmm. sick individuals we are. So that's what they're doing. They're leveraging their audiences, bringing it to this sport, and they're making a ton of cash. So for proper boxers that have talent, proper talent, you have to really invest now in growing audience. I spoke to Johnny Fisher a little bit about this last week, and he is he's really good at it. Now, I don't know how far Johnny Fisher is going to go when he, in the game of boxing. He's just won an English title. He's become Boxing Writers' Young Fighter of the Year. He might get a British title. He might get a year. I don't know. I don't know how far this is going to go. But the point I'm trying to make is he has an audience, and he has a character. It's authentic. It's real. It's him but he's investing in that side of the game because he fully understands that that is the thing that is going to be putting him on certain cards, not necessarily fighting for a world title. It it will be the army of soldiers that he has created that are going to take him to whatever level. And other fighters have to start to look to that because that's where the game's at. That's what promoters are looking for. That's what broadcasters are looking for. You're looking for already built audiences to be able to shoehorn into places of which then everybody makes coin because that's where this is at. The only reason this is happening is because of commercial value. It's nothing to do with skill. It's nothing to do with how good anybody is because nobody is ever going to go on to fight Canelo or fight for a world title or any of that nonsense. This is about commercial value. What can you bring to the table that makes other people money? Right? So that's a learn for, for the boxing community right now. That's what they've got to go mm-hmm. into. I know the zone last night do more millions more on social media than the zone social media team alone generate like five and six times, maybe more, the amount of traffic they do when Canelo fights, when KSI fights. 
that's where the world is. And and that's where they see commercial value now. We're all businesses. That's why talks were, that's why you were sitting ringside. Talk sports see the commercial value in being ringside for an event like this when your social media is gonna absolutely explode compared to a standard boxing event. Yeah. To put that into perspective, we do a, a live watch along when we do uh, the commentary. So people can watch us commentate on the on the on the events that we do. Cameras pointing at you guys talking. Yeah. What well, yeah, okay. So we did Usyk Dubois, mm-hmm. heavyweight championship of the world. For me, one of the top three pound for pound best fighters on the planet is in that ring. And he's yeah. taking on a British challenger. All right. For the heavyweight championship, the prize crowns, the unified heavyweight championship of the world. And obviously last night we did the same thing for KSI Tommy Fury. Dubois Usyk generated approximately 20,000 views <coughs> at any one time. 20,000. Solid. 20,000 people watching us talk about a fight. I think that's oh, solid, especially when it's not available total. You. you mean watching it live, there's 20,000 yeah. dipping in. Okay. Yeah. Last night, 2 million. Jesus Christ. Madness, mate. See what I mean? That... A- absolute madness. Times it by 100. 100 times more people were watching the stream last night. Okay, you know, before anyone jumps in, last night was a pay-per-view event. Usyk Dubois wasn't a pay-per-view event. I'll give you that. Yeah. But yeah. still, come on. Come on. You can... Even the most ardent boxing fan and hater of this circus has to appreciate that there's commercial value in what's going on here. And yes, it is just white collar. It is non-league football, whatever you want to describe it as. There's no dispute in that. But the reason it isn't going anywhere is that everyone uh, talks, never mind the zone or any other talk sport, because you just give us there 2 million people watching a stream of people on talk sports, covered in talk sport logos with microphones going, we're talk sport and we're live ringside watching this. At one point, up to 2 million people were watching that bit, associating it. Now, I know a lot of it was negative. Why are TalkSport there? Why are they covering it? That's why. And that's why they'll continue to be there. And that's why next time, Five Live will probably be like, wait a minute, how much the TalkSport bid? We'll outbid that. So while more and more people are going, wait a minute, this is garbage. Yeah. The commercial side of it are going, fucking bring it on. And, and that's why it's difficult, right? Because whether we like this or not, and boxing fans have got to, you've got to understand this. Boxing has created this problem. For, for, for years, promoters have been overselling and under-delivering. They've been serving shite to you. Correct. And you've got fed up of it. And rightfully so, you've got fed up of it. So broadcasters are looking at their numbers falling of the shit that is being served up by what we class as proper boxing promoters. And they're now looking, well, hang on a minute, we're fucking, we need to pull numbers in. We need to, we're a subscription model. We need people to come and fucking buy our thing. How do we do that? And that's why there has been a gap created in the market for this. Hence, what I was talking about before, people with already existing audience have brought their audience. Bosh, there you go, sunshine. Yeah, we're going to have a fight. Yeah, we're going to use boxing. Yes, it's pissing me off. Yes, it's pissing him off. Yes, it's pissing you off. But it's been thrown into this met, uh, in, into this mix purely for commercial reasons. Now, the danger is, and this is why I went along at the weekend, because everybody knows, if you listen to this show on a regular basis, I have refused to do Misfit shows because I went to one. I saw a great event. I saw a great uh, party. Bit of fun. But I saw the standard. Sunday League standard on Champions League money is how I, I, I described it. Fine. There's a, there's a place for that. You guys crack on with it. I'm not going to do it because I like to cover the best fights in the world. And I wanted to make that differentiation. So I haven't covered a lot of these misfit shows up until this weekend. But I've been getting concerned more and more with the with the blurring of the lines and the different messages that are being sent out about, oh, now there's a boxer coming into this. Can this, can this boxer do this? Nah, man, that guy's not a boxer. That guy's an influencer mm-hmm. who's just got a boxer's name <laughs> connected, <laughs> connected to him. And then obviously we had a mixed martial artist in at the weekend. No, no, he's crap as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> the reason why he's here is because he can't cut it over over this side of the pond. So I wanted to get involved uh, at the weekend to... To be honest. Yeah. To, to, to be a straight... 
to be as straight as I possibly can. I think I did that. I think I think I was straight. Now, the re- what I want to say here on this show is this. We're in, a re- we're in a really dangerous time right now. And I'm going to be dead honest about this. This is dangerous. What I saw at the weekend, there's two elements to it. Event, fun, everybody's partying, great stuff. But when you actually knuckle this right down, what happened? Incredibly dangerous refereeing. Incredibly dangerous. I saw kids, we're we're not talking about professional boxers. We're talking about guys from the influencer world that are using boxing to leverage their audience to make money. That's what they're doing. They're not going for world titles. They're here to make dough, leveraging their own audience and have a fight. So treat them as so. Don't treat them as professional boxers. Treat them as so. The minute one of these kids gets fucking whacked on the chin and he's dancing all over the gaff or he gets dropped, as far as I'm concerned, thank you very much. There you go, sunshine. Up you go. Well done. You've had a go. You've had a go. But yeah. the other fella, the other fella, did you sit there? Mm-hmm. Do not pull him back to his feet, give him a count, and throw him fucking back into the thing whilst his his eyes are all over the place. Yeah. Dangerous. I saw that on several occasions last night. On the on on the same point, what the fuck <laughs> are the corner doing? Mm-hmm. You can see your guy getting tagged all over the place. Do you care for him? He's not a professional boxer. He might have been in a professional boxing gym with you, working for the last six to 12 weeks, but he is not a professional boxer. Get him out of there. He's 19, 20, 21 years of age. He's got all his life in front of him. He's got a plenty. It's not like this is the be all and end all for him. It's not like this is it when it comes to earning money. This is a a side gig. Mate, he's earning shitloads fucking doing YouTube. Get him out of there. And, and look after him. That's what we've. That's what we're supposed to be doing, aren't we? Your first priority is to look after that person. Very dangerous present. Obviously, the standard is incredibly poor. And the other thing that I'm really concerned about, and I put this on the radio last night, right? The demographic of people going to watch this are young, right? Mm-hmm. Teenagers. They probably nag the mums and dads. I've never <clears> been <throat> to the boxing before. I'd love to go and watch KSI. Can I go and watch it? Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Now, my take on it was always. KSI is quite an inspirational dude, right? Look at all mm-hmm. these business. He's an entrepreneur. He's, he's a megastar. Mate, he, he owns restaurants. He's a chart-topping rapper. He owns a sports drink business. He owns a vodka business. He's got his YouTube. He's got his Twitch. He's got Mega. his side men shows. He's a renaissance man. He makes money in everything that he does. So he should be a role model. And we've spoke to him. We've spent time with him. He's an intelligent kid from an, right. an intelligent background. He's not from. He's not a working class kid. His mum and dad have done well. Him and his brother were given a good education. He was born at the right time. He run with the YouTube thing. He is, whether he likes it or not, and he does like it because he spoke about it a lot. He's a role model for this generation. Yeah, as are these other influencers because that's why they're here. They've got big audiences. They are influencers. They are influencing the next generation. That's why they're called right. what they're called. So my original take was, I like this KSI guy. These kids in this audience, all right. Boxing's kind of lost them because we've been serving them up shit. If this is the guy that inspires these kids to go to a gym, take up boxing, or even be interested in the sport, maybe they come across and they go, oh, I'll have a look at this proper boxing. Brilliant. Superb for us because that's the next generation coming through. My son's 10 years of age. Talks to me about UFC fighters all the time, mate. Obviously, as you know, he's a kickboxer. So he talks about them all the time. The only other time he's talked to me about boxing, last night, KSI. Oh, dad, prime, this, that, and the other. Talking to me about this guy. So I'm thinking, all right, cool. So you're watching, you're paying attention to this kid. So what is he doing? Look at that fight week. Horrific. Mm -hmm. Full on WWE behaving like fucking Neanderthals. The lot of them. Spitting at each other and everything. Kids watching that. Are they going to take that to school? Are they going to take that into society? Are they going to take that and and think that that is an acceptable way that we go about behaving? For me, boxing saves lives for kids. It gets them off the street. It gets them out of knife crime. It gets them away from acting like a dickhead. It gets them into a gym. It teaches them discipline. It gets them fit, of course, but it also gives them life skills that they can go and use in in the real world. This, this week has gone to a level that I'm incredibly uncomfortable with, and everybody should be incredibly uncomfortable with it because it's only going to get worse. This is what this game is. If you look at the first thing that they did, oh, that's interesting. He's fighting two fights in one night. Now we're on to tag team. Now we're on to this. Now we're on to this. Now we're on to this. This week, putting them in a cage and acting like dickheads, spitting at each other, 
fucking you 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 get a guy look look at the look at what happened yesterday they knew so many people when i walked into that last night were going dylan danish is going to get disqualified tonight what he's going to get disqualified he's going he's going to do something that's going to get him disqualified so it was already preemptive people kind of knew where this was going to go the guy jumps a fucking guillotine right mm -hmm. causes a mass brawl mass brawl it fucking goes wild there's kids all over the place i'm thinking oh my God, what the fuck is going on here? Mm -hmm. What do they do next? Because these are the influencers. They, they don't have concepts of the real world of what is acceptable of how to behave. Not, in, not as we understand as, as boxing people, where discipline is key, respect is key. Bingo. There you go. They are, they are going to take <clears throat> this to the next level next time. It's already at a level that I'm uncomfortable with. So where are they going next? Yeah. And then got, I'll do the last time. And then when it all goes tits up, what sport gets drugged through the fucking mud in the exactly. mainstream? On your BBC News, on your ITV News, last night at the boxing. Nah, man, this ain't the boxing. This is the fucking circus. You play stupid games, you get stupid prizes, and we are on the verge of doing something fucking stupid with this. We need yeah. to stop endorsing it. And I'm looking, listen, I'm looking to my paymasters at TalkSport. I'm looking to my, I'm looking to the zone. We need to make clear divides. This is fucking shite. We don't condone it. The problem is, because that happens occasionally in the big prize fights, these influencers who are pretending to be boxers, that's what they're doing. You know, KSI may have been training for the last five years. He doesn't train like a professional fighter because I've just listed the other businesses he's got going on. Yeah, when he has a fight not. signed, he does eight weeks where he goes to the gym probably twice a day. And then after that fight's done, he has to go and concentrate on other businesses. So it's a part-time gig for him. Never mind the kids on the undercard. So what do you do? You fake it till you make it. And he's done that his entire career. And again, I've got nothing but credit for this kid. He's a multi-millionaire and he's put himself in that position. But you fake it till you make it. You've you look at what sells. What? How did Conor McGregor once sell a fight? Well, once he did this, once he did that. What, what about the, those individual moments? And they're all trying to do it. And they're all trying to do it at once at the same press conference. They're all throwing shit at each other. They're all spitting at each other. They're all verbal, having a go at each other. Like Those are the like incremental moments where boxing lets, oh, boxing lets itself down there. Can you believe such and such spattered such and such? Oh, disgusting. Whereas it's every one of these events, it's just utter chaos. And as you say, last night, it just seemed to go to the next level. So what comes next? You know, Dylan Dennis, we know, has never been able to throw a punch in his life. And yet here he is in the co-main event against Logan Paul, straight out of a wrestling ring, juicy as anything. You know, the kid was absolutely massive. And you're like, okay, I, I get why you physically look like that because you jump off the top turnbuckling in the WWE. but you're bringing that into a ring where you're trying to punch somebody in the face with loaded gloves. Like the whole thing is just a mess. There's the, just to be clear, this was not sanctioned professional boxing. There no. was no governing body of any note. I know they kept saying the Professional Boxing Association. Look it up, yeah. man. That business yeah. was started out of London a couple of years ago with, you know, Ian John Lewis is one yeah. of the officials, you know, and okay, he got his five minutes of fame on Channel 4 recently, but that guy was thrown out of the British Boxing Board of Control, or at least demoted from a star referee because of Cattrall versus um, Josh Damn. Taylor. That's why, because of the, the that was the, the final straw that broke the camel's back on his, basically, reputation as an honest official. They're the type of people that are involved. This PBA, I wouldn't let them throw piss up in a brewery. Never mind, put a professional boxing match together, but professional boxing card. The whole thing, as it came towards the end, with Dennis doing all kinds of bollocks and getting disqualified after losing every single second of every single round because he didn't throw a single punch until the, until the big Steve the security guy stood in and then big tiny and then he threw a shot at him. That was the that was the first punch he threw all night. So absolutely bollocks. And then the mad thing is, as I say. There was one or two kids earlier on who could actually box. Mm -hmm. But when we got to the co-main events and the main events, you could see 
how poor the standard was. But again, I, I don't want to talk about the standard of the, the no, fight. No, we knew that. Or who we won that. or anything yeah. else. Yeah, I, I'm not that. really asked that that um, Tommy Fury got his arm raised and KSI's disputing it. And there was a point off, even though KSI should have had a couple of points off for the amount of hugging he did in there. You know, he, he got closer to Tommy than his own fiance gets to him. But again, I couldn't care less because the standards are to garbage. I want to focus on the way they're acting, the way they're behaving, these influences that uh, KSI is more famous to our son's generation, the, mm-hmm. the 13 and belows, than anybody else on the planet because of Prime, because of YouTube, because of all this stuff. He's got a duty of care to act like a role model and not act like a twat. And him, and he wasn't the only one, he would all, and John Fury, he acted like a big dickhead as well. They're all in there acting like idiots, thinking this is how you sell pay-per-views. And what he don't realize is there's a generation of kids watching them going, that is acceptable behavior. It's acceptable to behave like that because KSI does it, because Tommy Fury's dad does it, because such and such done it. A lot of them, honestly, the reason this is not licensed by the British Boxing Board of Control for all their faults is because every single one of them would have their pair suspended for the manner of which they conducted themselves in Manchester and all week was an absolute disgrace. And if this was boxing, I'd want a lot of them out of the game. The problem is this ain't boxing. And that was the only thing I tweeted last night. Just a reminder, this is not boxing. This is something else completely. And it needs to be typecast and sold as such. And people on the zone, people like Addy, who's a good mate of mine, need to put the balls down get some respect for themselves and go, this is not professional boxing. We cannot play the lines because you're damn right, Adam. Someone's going to get seriously hurt. Something serious is going to happen and it'll be the British Boxing Board of Control who the government and all the national press start going, what did you do about that? And they'll go, oh, wait a minute. And it'll be boxing that gets fucked because of these dickheads. On that note, we'll leave it there. Um, good. To, listen, Boazzi Azizi's next week. Yes. So there's there's lots to look forward to there. That's a great fight that we're all excited about, which is sanctioned by the British Boxing Board of Control. That is, it means something. And it's two lads that know exactly what they're doing that are hopefully going to bring us a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. Um, as I said, it's a, it's a it's a difficult place. I understand from um, it isn't going anywhere. That's the problem. That's what it. Can, I understand from, from a business point of view. It, as an industry, we can collectively label it as something else to remove it from the fucking sweet science because it ain't the sweet science. Correct. Um, on that note, I just want to ask you to subscribe to us. Um, we are going to be away this week, um, but we are still going to keep bringing you content. There'll be a lot of MMA content on our channel, with it being UFC 294. Uh, but as I said, with Aziz and Boazzi going at it, which is a fight that we're extremely excited about. And I'm good. That's all Linares is in Liverpool yes. as well, isn't it? Yes, of yeah. course. Gutted, mm-hmm. gutted to be aware for all of that. Um, we will. We will. Not that uh, gutted, though, because it was minus fucking one this morning <laughs> when I got up. Yeah, and it's right. currently fucking eight, 90, 100 degrees in Abu Dhabi. So. All right, all right. Don't rub it in. It's not going to be that gutted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we will make some boxing content throughout the course of the week. So do subscribe to us, all right? Fight Disciples is what we are on YouTube. Uh, fightdisciples.com. And interact with us, man. Listen, you've got your own thoughts on everything that we've been speaking about. Uh, we're an open book. You can get stuck in. Uh, fightdisciples.com is our website for all audio feeds. Thank you very much for tuning in. We went early. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.